treating insomnia and actually like getting back to a regular sleep schedule takes time. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. And part of the process is getting into the habit of giving yourself that time to worry during the day because we are so busy. And so that's why like, I, I preach about self-care and giving yourself that space to breathe and to think and to process because otherwise you're, you've got to do it. You've got to process everything. Right. And if you don't give yourself that space to do it during the day, it's going to happen, happen at night. night. It's yeah. going to happen regardless. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of the Moms Without Capes podcast. I'm doing something different today since my Monday episode typically is a solo cast and repurposed from the Facebook Live I do inside my community the previous week. But last week, I hosted the Moms Without Capes self-care challenge, and so I didn't get to do my usual live. So here I am bringing you something new and different that I know you're going to love. A while ago, I was interviewed by my friend Jillian Benke on her podcast, Around the Campfire. If you haven't listened to that yet, I strongly encourage you to check out her amazing podcast, where she interviews experts all with the aim of helping moms create simpler and more manageable lives. So in this interview that you're about to hear, we talk about the thoughts and the worries that can start running through your minds the minute your head hits the pillow at night, affecting your sleep health. I share with you the steps to calming those worries, explaining how we can make small changes to our days to have a huge impact on our nights. I'm excited to bring this interview to you. And so without further ado, here it is. Ani, can you please share how you got started in this area of sleep? Sure. Okay. So as part of my licensing for counseling, I have to take continuing education credits. And since I got into coaching, I end with working with moms. I start. I started looking into um, courses that will help me in my coaching hat, and a, a course came up to be able to treat insomnia and sleep. Just like you had, had said right before we hit record, sleep is so foundational. It is, you know, it is so important as a self-care practice. And so I decided to take this course and it was all about the treatment of insomnia. And then I took what I learned, I, cre- I started doing my own research and how I can apply, how can I bring what I learned in this course and in the workshop that I attended to the moms that I serve. And so I took all that, all you know, the clinical back, the clinical part of it and created first a workshop and then a course. I transitioned it to a course because the moms that I work with are overextended, 
overwhelmed, very limited on time. I mean, most moms are limited on time, but I, I work with the moms who struggle with putting themselves on their to-do list. And so with the workshop, I found that moms had a hard time committing to, you know, a two hour block of time when they're coming from that. They're like, I don't even have 15 minutes to myself. They're hiding in the bathroom. They're not going to take an entire workshop <laughs> hiding in the bathroom. And so I created a course out of it based on my own research and what I learned to be able to treat insomnia. Amazing. I mean, I cannot even imagine how hard insomnia would be, especially for a mom, you know, having to function all the next day and everything and just not being able to get that good night's sleep. It's just so important. Now, today we're specifically going to talk about the moment your head hits the pillow and those worries that come in because you have some tips and tricks for us. So can you share? Yes. So when we hit the pillow, right? When we finally lay down and we decide to go to sleep, we find that our minds are flooded with all of the worries, the what ifs, the you know, thinking back, reflecting on the day, thinking about the next day, what needs to get done, right? Like we have that mom brain where we're always thinking of a million things, but it seems to get worse at night and that's going to impact your sleep. And the reason, I mean, it makes sense. The reason that we, this happens is because during the day, we're so busy, like actively, like physically busy, doing everything that we need to do to take care of everything and everyone. And so when we fall, when we lay down to go to sleep, it's like our mind saying, oh, now you can talk about, now you can think about everything that you didn't give yourself a chance right. to think about during the day. Let's do this. And, <laughs> you, and you're the cycle where like, you just can't get to sleep because of your mind being so active at this time. Totally. So, okay. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> So just with anything, awareness is key, right? Like we need to, so let me just backtrack for a minute. So in my, I, I always say like my mom hat, my counselor hat, my coach hat, even though they all, you know, I'm wearing all of them all of the time. So in my counseling hat, I am a cognitive behavioral therapist. And what that means is um, I believe that our emotions and our actions are based on the thoughts that we have and the thoughts that we have are based on our beliefs, our beliefs about ourselves, others, and the world. And these beliefs have been formed for years, like after years of things we witnessed, things we've experienced. And so these beliefs are so ingrained that our thoughts are automatic thoughts and they come automatically from these beliefs. They happen so frequently and, so, and they're so ingrained that we don't even notice they're happening. Yet they are impacting how we feel and what we do. And so when we can uncover these thoughts that we're having, become aware of the thoughts that we're having, we can start challenging them and start shifting those beliefs that lie underneath them that are, are making them happen. And so awareness is the first step in addressing these worries that come up at night, these thoughts that are running, racing through your mind at night. So one of the things that I recommend is to actually take the time and write them down and remind yourself that you're not going to solve everything at midnight when you're super tired and when you, you know, when you're trying to go to sleep. But if you 
perhaps do it earlier in the day or the next day. Like if you have these things going, so treating insomnia and actually like getting back to a regular sleep schedule takes time. It's not something that's gonna happen overnight. And part of the process is getting into the habit of giving yourself that time to worry during the day because we are so busy. And so that's why like, I, I preach about self-care and giving yourself that space to breathe and to think and to process because otherwise you're, you've got to do it. You've got to process everything. Right. And if you don't give yourself that space to do it during the day, it's going to happen, happen at night. night. It's yeah. going to happen regardless. So you get to take back some of that control and that power and give yourself the space to do it. Not at midnight, not, not when you're trying to get sleep because sleep is so foundational. Sleep is so important. Totally. For a while, I actually had my cortisol spiking at night. It's supposed to come down through the day. And my naturopathic doctor mm -hmm. actually diagnosed it to say, oh, your cortisol spiking at night. And so then I started taking melatonin, yes. but then my cortisol would wake me up at 2 a.m. and mm -hmm. it would still be spiking and I would still have all the worries. So I took a cortisol reducer and everything, but it wasn't even yeah. until I started writing down, <laughs> yes. writing down those worries <laughs> that it was actually something that would really help and change the quality of my sleep. And I wouldn't have those same worries when I woke up. Yeah. And the waking up at two o'clock, like then it becomes more of a behavioral part of it. Right. And that's one of the things that, well, that's a lot of what I teach in the course is reconditioning your, your mind and body to get that like consolidated sleep, like quality sleep. And so that you're not waking up at two in the morning. And that's like part of that reconditioning. Right. But what if you're a mom and you're trying to hydrate and you end up waking up in the middle of the night? Right. Well, maybe that means that you need to look at when you're drinking your water. <laughs> totally. Totally. Absolutely. And I have, I do try and stop drinking around 7 PM, but I think it actually, it probably needs to be a little bit earlier, you know, but it's that matter of when I write my worries down earlier in the day or give myself that time to process when I do wake up at 2 AM, I can typically get back to bed a lot easier. And it's even like that, even if you do have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, like it, there's certain things that you can do to make that adjustment to bed back, like so that you're not at a full heightened awakeness, right? Like keeping the lights low and making sure that, mm -hmm. you know, you're setting the scene so that when you do lay down. <laughs> totally, totally. It's like that moment yeah, where you're like sitting there like, stay sleepy, stay sleepy. <laughs> Very true. Okay, so are there any other tips that you can share besides the writing down? What else can we do? Yes, so becoming aware is only the first step. Then you work on, you know, what is, when you have these thoughts, are there, is there any evidence that goes against these thoughts? Okay, like, so for example, like you may be worrying about something that you have to do at work the next day, right? Like a presentation and you end up having all of these like fears almost, like all of these thoughts that, that start coming like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna do horrible. I'm gonna, it, it starts like cycling. Like I'm, I'm gonna do horrible, I'm gonna get fired. Then I'm not gonna be able to support it, right? And so like in the daytime, like if you just write down even if you keep a piece of paper by your bedtime or by your bed, by your, like right on your nightstand and just write some keywords. Like if these thoughts are going through your mind, 
just write down like a few key words. And then during your worry period or during the time that you're giving yourself that space during the day, you can relook at that and you can start saying like, am I going to do horrible at this presentation? Like, what, what did I do to prepare? You start looking at the evidence that goes against these thoughts and start challenging them. If there's any cognitive distortions and what that means are these like thought thought patterns that are not serving you. So like the all or nothing thinking, or if you are, you know, yes, like the what ifs, right? The should statements like, oh, I should be able to do this or I should, you know, are there any unrealistic expectations that are playing a role here? Any of these cognitive distortions, and there's quite a few of them, there's, they're, they're common, but when we start recognizing what is going on in those thoughts? What what are play, what's playing a role in those thoughts? Then you can start dissecting them and start, you know, shifting those beliefs and those thoughts, and and doing the work. Simply just doing the work and having that time where you're writing down on a piece of paper. In fact, Jillian, I have a chart that I can give your audience to be able to help them, help them actually like make sense when we when we. I am a huge believer of writing things down because when they're in your mind, they're swirling around and getting things on a piece of paper. I mean, it's been proven that it just helps you make sense of all of the things that are going on in your mind. And it's just bringing in the extra senses. Like I was going through, so when you're able to write it, you're like able to see it and, you know, hear it and, and write it like the feeling touch, the, is it the feeling touch, the, <laughs> the sense, I mean, um, so yeah, so it just brings more, a different perspective. You're able to see it from a different perspective. Right. And logic can come in, you know, yes. it's concrete instead of spiraling in your brain, you can actually yeah. see it on the paper, right? It helps you see it more objectively. For more sure. Objectively. For sure. And then you can ask yourself, you know, is this true? Exactly. Exactly. And seeing it on paper, it, it helps you see it objectively and, and, and look for that evidence against it is this thought true? You know, because when it's going on your mind, you're thinking all kinds of things, but when you get it out on paper and you're like, you know, I'm, this isn't necessarily true. Like, right. Like would I actually get fired <laughs> if this presentation <laughs> exactly. sucks? <laughs> exactly. And then because these thoughts are based on our beliefs and we tend to start, we start changing these beliefs, like as long as we don't do the work and as long as these beliefs, we allow them to persist, you end up nothing changes, nothing changes. But when you start doing the work, when you go to sleep at night, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like I, you know, I won't get fired from work. Yeah. Like you've already, I've already processed this. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So just taking that time, but it starts with making that space for yourself, putting yourself mm -hmm. on your to-do list and creating, totally. making that time. And you have to be intentional. Because yeah. as we all know, as moms, like, unless you're intentional, unless you put it on your schedule, unless you actually make the time, totally. you're never going to find time. <laughs> well, I will say you can double up time. Like a friend of mine, I know, I think we talked about this on the Ignite call, but she wanted to find time for that processing and worry. So she assigned herself her drive yes. to work as the time she would do that. Now, as long as you're not going to, you know, 
drive off the road because <laughs> of all the worries. You know, you need to be able to drive safely. But she found that time that already existed and had 20 yep. minutes on her way to work to process. You can talk Turn out off loud. the radio and give it yourself that space. Exactly. It doesn't have that, you know, writing mm-hmm. down time. You know, so you don't have that piece, but you can still say to yourself, is that true? Is that real? You take that time you've already got. You don't have to find more time. You can double up, right? Maybe you have a kid in soccer. Maybe you're Mm -hmm. waiting in the car. Maybe you're going for a walk or a commute. Whatever, whatever the time is. You know your schedule. So, you know, you find (laughs) that time for you that you could double up and sort of multitask. I I hate that word, but finding that time, right? So many people talk about, you know, bubble baths and facials, whatever, but this time is self-care time too. And the impact that it can have on your life ultimately, I mean, taking 15 minutes or even five minutes to just do a little bit of writing, you know, a bullet journal, just writing down the words, like you said, it can change your sleep, yes. which then can change your entire next day. It's an investment in your health, you know, better sleep, more, better, better energy, <laughs> exactly, more brain function, everything. It is mm-hmm. so, so important. Just taking that few minutes to do it is so, so important. It can have such an impact. It just pays those dividends on your life. It's and your wellness. It's so yes. so important. Yes. You can have more patience, more resilience. We all know how much better we feel if we have yes. a good night's sleep and how little patience we have yes. if we haven't yes. had a good night's sleep, right? So this practice that you're teaching us can have such a good payoff. Such an awesome, oh, it's so good, Absolutely. so good. Absolutely, there's so many, so many benefits. And we do know because yeah. there are times when we are able to get a good night's sleep and it's those times that give us hope. Totally. That, hey, like, like, <laughs> and recognizing that we have control yes. over it. It's not just, I got lucky and had a good night's <laughs> sleep, right? We have power and control over the choices. Yes. We can make a mm-hmm. difference. Yeah, take back some of that power. And, exactly. And, and be yeah. able to... To be in charge of your own health. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so that was two steps. Is there a third step? So practice. Practice right, and, and be course. self-compassionate, right? Like, because it does take time. It does. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen overnight. The fact that you may not be getting much sleep at night, it's, you know, it's likely been happening for a while. Mm-hmm. Rome wasn't built in a day. And so being able to just make this a practice and... Yeah keep at it because and not let and keep that inner mean girl at bay yes <laughs> yes I love it we share so, so much of yeah. common language we're so aligned I just love it yeah like, just you know treat yourself with compassion be patient with yourself and know that you can regain your sleep and your sanity yeah. <laughs> absolutely so yes so good you said Rome wasn't built in a day. You have to give yourself grace and know it takes time. Yes. We want that well, immediate gratification. <laughs> you know, it didn't work. It's just, it's it. I'm done. I'm not going to do it anymore. Exactly. I'm 
you know, I'm just starting running again after a year. I hate running. I love the after, but I hate running, even though I've run six and a half, half marathons. But I ran the other day and I was like, this is going to suck. Mm-hmm. But if I want to do this, if I want to put this yes. back in my life, I have to put in the time yep, and the work. Yep. Right? I like, actually, I've done the same thing, Jillian. This is funny. So I, I also ran half marathons and I haven't ran in a long time. And I'm like, I want to get back in. And so like, it's so hard to, to go from like knowing that I ran like 13 straight miles. Yeah. To, I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, two miles run. Two, right or two minutes run two minutes walk two yeah minutes like, totally like totally. it's starting back from st- almost scratch although it's not from scratch because there was a time I couldn't even run like 10 feet yeah for <laughs> it's sure it's not from scratch but at the same time like knowing that you have to go back to the beginning and but, but again just like sleep like you know what it feels like to have that good night of sleep like the mental clarity yeah. and being able to you know have the patience and there's like, like all of the good things that come from sleep same thing with running like I know that there's benefits I know yes. that once I get there and then I can get there it's that belief believing that yep, you can exactly do you can get a good night's sleep you can run. it will take time yes, it just takes time it takes time patience and keeping that inner mean girl bay <laughs> exactly exactly we might have to talk offline about buddying up as so like accountability, accountability. buddies <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So good. We Maybe we'll start a mom's running group or something. Yeah, totally. Okay. I have some questions I ask all my guests. So I would love to know, how do you define balance for yourself and for your family? Or is that a term you don't use? What is that? Like? Okay. So I love this question. So define balance. And I feel that balance isn't being able to have everything at peace. It's more like finding your, your, peace with your pace or finding rest in your rhythm, like not being able to juggle all the plates and hold them all up in the air, but knowing that it's a, it's a feeling that balance is a feeling that you are spending your time on the things that you want to spend your time on. And, you know, and that might mean like, there's going to be times where you want to spend more time on your business or more, spend more time like, okay, I'm going to, yesterday we had a long game of Monopoly. Oh, we haven't so played good. board games in forever. Awesome. It, like when I was done, I'm like, this is so nice. Like, yeah, it's been a while where I just like gave my like, un, like my focused time to like the activity ready hand, like being mindful. And so yeah. balance is where I just feel like you feel content with how you're spending your time. Oh, I love that. So good. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I know you practice self-care. So what does that look like for you? How do you practice self-care? Okay. Um, so I talk about the five pillars of self-care and focusing on, so when we think of self-care, we think of, you know, taking, brushing our teeth, getting a shower, like the physical self-care, but self-care can fall under five different, it actually can fall under more. Like there's some that I'm not including, but the five main pillars, right. And that's the physical, emotional, spiritual, intellectual, and social pillars. So good. And making, making that space to be able to fill your bucket Mm-hmm. and touch upon it. these five pillars <laughs> fill your bucket that's fantastic so, it's yeah. our language we're so good so there's I mean self-care is totally personal mm-hmm. it, what could constitute self-care for me could be completely different for you or for somebody else like, like we just talked about running and like 
other people, I mean, I know you just said you hate running. <laughs> I hate it, but I love the after. I love that feeling. feeling. Yeah. Like that feeling of accomplishment and exactly like, knowing like that you did it. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The during yeah. is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so finding self-care practices that make sense for you you know, that could be reading a book. Mm-hmm. There's some people that just don't like reading. Right. And so that would not be self-care. They, they might be like, oh, I'm supposed to, you know, read this personal <laughs> growth book and everything. And like, that's not self-care. That's not even something that's going to be sustainable because right. they don't like it. Totally. And self-care can also change throughout your life. Uh-huh, like there's yeah. going to be times where self-care may mean just sitting down quietly with a cup of tea, mm. but then on other times it might mean taking that, you know, taking that walk around the block or calling a friend, you know, just what are you asking yourself? What do I need right Mm -hmm. now? That's going to fill my bucket, help me refuel and recharge and get back in the game. I love that. Okay. So good. Now I happen to know that you for self-care, you are a Zumba instructor as well, right? Does that play a role in your self-care? I was a Zumba instructor. Yes. That's actually how I got into health coaching and the the wellness coaching was the Zumba. And so that, yeah, definitely that could for sure be part of self-care. Right. It's something you love, right? I used to be a fitness coach and I would always say to people, find a program that you enjoy because to your point, you're never going to stick with it. It has to be something that you love apart from running (laughs) for me. But you know, if I didn't love the after, I wouldn't stick with it. So I made my husband run the half marathon. I didn't make him. He wanted to run the half marathons at me and I got him a t-shirt that says, I hate running. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Love it. All right, here is the big question. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? Oh, you didn't prep me with these questions. I know. (laughs) (laughs) What? Um, That you don't have to do it all? (laughs) Oh, yeah, great one. So good. Like to be, you know, a good mom. Like one of the biggest lessons, I guess, I, I mean, there's so many, there's so many lessons that, that I've learned over the years. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, like, even with all my lessons, I still couldn't write a, a mom manual because you still don't know what, what's going on. But um, I guess, so years ago, like I had a really hard time asking for help and I still, mm-hmm. I still, but knowing that, oh my gosh, like so many things are coming in my mind right now. That's why totally. I'm like having a hard time. When I first, I'll give you an example. So I, when I first moved to Montana, my, my mother-in-law wanted to take the kids on to like her house for the, for like a few days. Mm -hmm. And I went into a panic. Like, Mm -hmm. I felt like I was so responsible. Like the fact that if I was to let somebody else take my kids, like I felt like nobody could do a job, a good enough job, like the job that I could do. And this wave of guilt. Like, mm-hmm. like, I remember talking to one of my best friends then, and I was like, tell her, and she's like, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, let her take the kids. And I'm like, no, like, I just couldn't let go, I guess, of that controller. I couldn't let go right. of like, like feeling like I was the one that was responsible. Like, I wouldn't be a good mom if I let somebody else take them. And thank, thank goodness I got over that. Like, <laughs> and it was hard. But only like after a day or two, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, for so long, like I was doing 
I, we were homeschooling. We had owned a business. Like we were, wow. I was doing a lot and really juggling a lot of plates. But then after a day or two, like I realized like, it's okay. Like yeah. I was okay. My kids were okay. And just like, you know, it, it just took time. It took time. Mm-hmm. To and like, that wasn't the first and or last time that that happened, but that was really one of like my breakthrough moments that I realized that I didn't have to do it all. I, I could still be a good mom redefining yeah. what it means to be a good mom oh. and learning that it's okay. Yeah. So So. good. That's huge. That's such a huge lesson, Ani. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this interview and got some takeaways from listening to it today. If you struggle with getting a good night's sleep, you should check out my Sleep Matters course. Dealing with your sleep worries is only part of the solution. And in the Sleep Matters course, I teach you how to set yourself up for a great night's sleep. You'll learn about sleep hygiene, reconditioning your mind to equate the bed with sleep, creating a nighttime routine, and more about how to put your body and mind to a restful state so that you can get the sleep you need and want. The link is in the show notes of today's episode, so definitely check it out. Thanks for joining me today, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.